hello and welcome to recapping with delora and ashley please follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at recapping podcast also rate review and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform we're on all the things we want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Ashley. Hello, 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 darling. We're back. What's going on? I am just so excited. We have a special guest with us today for this recap. I am I am just, again, ecstatic. I'm always so giddy. So please bear with me, everybody, as I introduce <laughs> y'all to a certified boss. I'm talking hey. about Erica Gray, aka hey. at Coach Erica. She is the founder of By District 78, co-founder of Paul Cincy, and a total vibe. Welcome, Erica, to our podcast. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like a celebrity, kind of. <laughs> you should. First of all, the things that you and your wife do in the city of Cincinnati is just phenomenal. I didn't even mention girls' health, period. And then I was telling Ashley this before we started recording. Your beautiful wife does my hair. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Brittany, at out, hair the kitchen. hair kitchen. <laughs> I love y'all so much. And um, fun fact, y'all love some Beyonce. Is that correct? The Hive is definitely in the building. August 23rd, <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. No, the concert's the 24th, actually. But our anniversary is the 23rd. So it's kind of like a oh, anniversary. Nice. Made nice. it something real special. Yeah, yes. I'll be going. Yes. Dolores already been. Dolores went to the show in Chicago. Chicago. And I'm mm-hmm. going in a couple of weeks to the Miami show. So Ooh. I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm like, the countdown is it's real. not even a couple of weeks. It's a week. It's a week away yeah. now at this point. Time has gone fast. It came so quickly. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see Beyonce. And then it's like, oh, it's next week. And oh, yeah, it happened. So y'all are lucky because I feel like after Chicago, she started switching up these outfits more I mean, often. She's been killing it. It's an unlimited budget. Like she is killing it. <laughs> killing it. I'm excited for Atlanta. Like I'm excited for the Atlanta outfits. Tonight is Charlotte. And I'm really excited for what she's going to pull for Atlanta because, like, you know, that's where all the stars be at. So you really got to show up and show out. Yeah. And L.A. I'm sure her L.A. Yeah, show is going to be amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, if I get the lottery now and then, I'm going. I saw her in Chicago, but that energy for New York was different. So yeah, I know. Of course. You I got know to. Her, you got to. Her got birthday to. and everything. But it's, it's, going nuts. it's wonderful. So, you know, I'm sure Beyonce was probably a subject of one of the cards of the game that we're going to be talking about today. Ooh. Y'all, we are recapping The Blackening 2023. It is a horror comedy. It's an hour and 36 minutes long, rated R. It is available digitally. Here's a quick summary. The Blackening centers around a group of Black friends who reunite for a Juneteenth weekend getaway, only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. Forced to play by his rules, the friends soon realize this ain't no mother effing game. Directed by... (laughs) Is that literally in the summary? Yes, it is. Uh, (laughs) Who is the director of The Ride Along, Think Like a Man, and Barbershop, and co-written by Tracy Oliver of Girls Trip in Harlem and Mm -hmm. Dwayne Perkins. He's known for his work on The Amber Griffin Show and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The Blackening skews genre tropes and poses for the sardonic question, if the entire cast of a horror film is Black, who dies first? This movie stars Grace Byers as Allison, Jermaine Fowler as Clifton, Melvin Gregg as King, X Mayo as Shanika, Dwayne Perkins as Dwayne, Antoinette Robertson as Lisa, Sequay Walls as Namdi, Jay Farrell as Sean, Yvonne Orji as Morgan, and Dietrich Batter as Ranger White. <laughs> All right, y'all. The movie was released June 16th, just in time for Juneteenth. 
it became available on streaming July 7th. Rotten Tomatoes gave this film 87% by the critics, 85% by the audience. Google users gave this film 83%. Erica, since you are yes. our, since you are our lovely guest, what's your grade for the blackening? I'm gonna give it a it's a B plus. It's a B plus for me. I really liked it. I love the genre of it. I love the comedy, satire, horror vibe of it. So yes. I'm definitely a B pluser. Nice. All right. What about you, Ashley? I know this is a little bit spookier than what you <laughs> like, but I was like, bear with me, Ashley. Hear me out. Let's watch the blackening. And I was crest watching this <laughs> film. I did this for the culture. When I tell y'all, I was pausing. I was getting up out my seat. I was pacing. I'm like, oh my God, who's going to make it? Like, just tell me now. Because I do not want to see a bunch of gruesome deaths, especially because I love this cast. Like, we're talking about some who's who from other projects being pulled together and one thing together. I didn't want to see anybody go. So it's a B plus for me too, Erica, because while I'm not a horror fan, I so appreciated the humor and relatability mm-hmm. of the dialogue of the project and like I said the cast was just a good time so I also give it a B plus what about you Delora it's a full house I gave it a B plus too <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy this film it is giving peak scary movie vibes a la 2000 I even put down our recent recap of Swarm and They Clone Tyrone with, you know, very Black, very hilarious, very much our humor, a good time. Um, The only thing that I had issue with is, um, you know, it it was some of the jokes went on a little bit too long. (laughs) But other than that, it was a good time. So... Let's go ahead and get into our spoiler alert. 10 years from their last meeting, nine friends travel to a cabin in the woods to celebrate Juneteenth. Mind you, this cabin is owned by white people. Is a cabin in the woods a prime location for a Juneteenth celebration? Not for me. We just talked about the fact that I don't go nowhere that has cornfields and ish past 3 p.m. <laughs> so the fact that y'all expect me to go to the, like as soon as she pulled up to that gas station, I said, all hell Nah, like there is no way. Why did y'all choose this location? What's nearby? If I don't even see a Walmart, and I hate Walmart, but if I don't even see a Walmart, listen, nah, nah. exactly. Yeah, it's a hard no for me. It's a chop. Like it's absolutely not. There's no reason on Juneteenth that we need to be in a wooded area without celebrating with our fellow Juneteenthian, aka Black people. So why are we not? somewhere celebrating like why are we not in dc why are we not in chicago and atlanta like i'm just not sure why we yeah like detroit like why are we just not you know in tulsa black wall street like why are we not these places i'm just not going to the woods it's just it's just no absolutely not like you said the further we get down the road i start seeing less and less cars less and less houses and really like you said walmart is a hard slow for me like i need a target (laughs) i'm a red yes target Yes, Target Boutique all day. Like Walmart really don't even want to step. I don't even want to order nothing from them online. So I just, it's enough. It's absolutely enough. Listen, I am right there with you. I mean, yeah, Cabin in the Woods is not a prime location in my personal opinion at all. I mean, I do love a good cabin moment. Don't get me wrong. But I appreciate how the movie is centering Blackness by highlighting this holiday though. So bravo to you all. So Morgan and Sean are a couple and they're the first to arrive there's this green door that opens which is giving me major insidious vibes y'all y'all know about that horror film you no know, i don't watch that no. stuff the red Brittany don't watch horror <laughs> movies either at all so she was like yep. i was like you want to watch it with me she was like is it any type of killing screaming blood i was like yeah she was like it's a no so yeah oh, we don't no. watch horror movies in this house and that was as horry <laughs> as we gonna get here so i had to watch that when she was at work oh my god (laughs) i love it i love it well it's a game room where the most undesirable looking game is on the table i was getting real jumanji vibes by the way did y'all yes did y'all feel that absolutely jumanji absolutely so the lights flicker of course it starts talking and it tells them to pick a card and if they get the answer wrong then it's a wrap for them my question to you is can y'all name one movie where the black person survives one horror movie where the black person survives 
The only one I can think of again, I couldn't remember, is that Brandy survived. I still know what you did last summer. I remember, <laughs> mm. I remember Makai Pfeiffer dying, but I don't remember mm. Brandy dying. But I don't know if I, I'm not confident enough in that answer to know for sure. Yeah. yeah but then neither. we can like, say I get just... out now. We can say get out. We can say yeah. he survived. Touche. Touche. I would have been dead. Number one, I wouldn't have went in the room. So that's number one. But listen. In the room, and played I'm, I'm a played a random no. game with a no. black face weird no. character talking to me. I was like, it's not just Jumanji; it's like it as well. Like, yeah, why would yeah. I follow it's... the direction of some weird thing that's talking to me strangely? Like, this is some demonic spirit. Let me get out of no. here. <laughs> no, two comes to mind: Deep Blue Sea, L O Cool J. I remember that. Yeah, don't see that. He still know, got I, maimed, I but yeah, he survived. He did survive. Yeah, his leg, yeah. poor baby. Mm-hmm. And then Alien versus Predator, Sanaa Lathan, back in two thousand four. Uh, Do y'all remember that? Dang. I don't know if I watched That's that so whole movie. I think I, I watched watch a little it, but bit I didn't of remember it. Remember that. I didn't remember that. But are those considered Perfect. horror, Delora? Do you consider those to be horror They're movies, monsters. you think? They're under attack. They're under attack. Yeah, they're under attack. attack. You're under attack. So anytime black yes. folks are that's under attack would qualify. Yeah, that's horror. Yep, yep, okay. yep. All of wait, that. wait. Hence all the social <laughs> yep. horror films that have been coming out in the last, what? When did Kid Out come out? What, five years ago or something like yeah. that? Yeah, under something attack. like that. <laughs> you said under attack. If we're oh under attack, well, it's, a, it's a horror movie and we survived, so... <laughs> Uh, so Sean doesn't take the game serious and he doesn't make it, which leaves Morgan behind scared and alone. So we have the next day. We have Lisa, Allison and Dwayne driving down together discussing the main conflict of this movie, which is the relationship, the on again, off again relationship between Lisa and Namdi. Uh, Shanika drives down by herself and she makes a pit stop at the gas station where she runs into Clifton and she meets some very intimidating white men there. Uh, Not just intimidating. It was like the heels have eyes type shit. Yeah. Right? I mean, his eye was like, grew. it wasn't, he didn't even have a patch. He just let the skin just grow yep. down on it. And then you come out from the, the behind yeah. the counter and are stalking no. after me. Mm-mm. I would have left that um, barefoot in there and kept it moving. <laughs> Exactly. What's your first impressions of the group dynamics this early on? You know, classic cliche gay guy in the car, like just right off the rip. And, you know, you got the two friends, like you said, they had the little girl talk without saying nothing. They were saying something. So I appreciated that. You can tell that they spent some time around each other. They got a little history. And when they mentioned, um, I forget his name, the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, that it kind of got a little tense. Yeah. What movie did he just recently play in? I I couldn't I kept drawing a blank. White Man Can Jump. That's he it. also That's the one was I in another one. This is our third film of his, by the way, yes. Ashley. Resort to <laughs> Love with Christina Milian as well with his spine. That was yes. Okay, mm. I didn't I didn't see that one, but I did see White Man Come. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, you could tell that they had some history and that he was kind of like a point of contention because Dwayne kind of just kind of like. Even though he didn't know it was him, I'm sure he had a pretty good idea. Yes. Um, you know, and, and it's just like friends. Like, you want to protect your friend. And he kind of like, I hope it ain't, you know, who I think it is. And they like, Ugh. always going back to the old thing. But I appreciate it. And this is kind of like an underlying thing. But I appreciate it that they had a G-Wagon and that we was doing well when they pulled up. You yes. know, yes. Like, I appreciate it was all red. details like that. Yes. And I'm like, come on with the G-Wagon, with the, you know, coming through. Black people done graduated college. and got a little something. I needed her to have a better wig, though, Lisa. Yeah, it was like, a lot of wigs. That was, it, it was a lot of hair situations. It was, so I was, like, it, was dis- it was distracting. At least she looks yeah. good with short hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> even if it was, at least she still had, you know, face card didn't decline. She still has it a not. beautiful face. Face yeah. card never declines Decline my, my God. God. I have I to say real Boo-boo quick, Kitty. though. Boo-boo Kitty. That's all I kept thinking was Boo-boo Kitty from Empire. Yes! I have to say real quick though yes! I thought it was so funny at the start of the movie so are, are we saying Jay Farrell and Yvonne Orji are the biggest stars of the movie and the ones who make the yes! most money with that I joke picked up on that. I picked up on that as well and they probably are out of the cast if you think about it 
probably at this point the yeah. most well known of the of the core cast. Even though again, some of the other folks are like, "Oh, I know you from these couple projects. I know you mm-hmm. from Harlem." You know what I'm saying? I like, knew everyone except others. for Dwayne, and her name is XO or X Mayo. I don't know why I keep wanting to call her XO. I, maybe because we did XO Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who but she yeah, was. But yeah, I thought either. that was a funny joke because I was like, I guess they, again, being the couple are seen as like the outlier of the crew in that way. But they also were the star, like the stars that yes. would have been, you know, shining in the project I possibly the yeah. most. But to your point about just the general dynamics, I feel like it was just like with any long-term friend group, like even though we're all friends, we have our separate cliques. So like mm-hmm. the people who yes. came either together or separate, it's like, yeah, we cool, but like, this is my clique that I roll like the toughest with of our group right. of friends and things like that. But I didn't, as soon as I saw Clifton in that store, I said, who is this man? Like he does not fit with the rest one of his of crew. That lip had me off. Are not I was like, what like is wrong with his other. mouth? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was like, something's wrong with his mouth. Like he was throwing me off too. And I was like, mm. and like, he didn't seem like he was friends with them. So I'm like, why are you here for this? coming here for this celebration if that if yes. you weren't friends with the crew i was confused yeah i get it me too so true hashtag no new friends <laughs> ranger white stops by and starts asking way too many questions the group was able to shake them off they all went into the house started partying started playing spades do y'all know how to play spades absolutely absolutely who taught you who taught you you know, I learned, my mom and them taught me, like, we knew how to play cards since we was born. Like, car- spades, tonk, I mean, all that. You just had to know how to play. So, you just you just had to know. I definitely like, know how to play spades, Delora. <laughs> don't say you don't know how. Listen, I do know how to play spades, but it's been a while, okay? And what I've also realized is white people got the same equivalent called euchre. I was like, so basically, I don't even like the name. I don't even like the name. <laughs> have y'all ever heard of euchre? I have, I have, and I've I been. But it's basically it. spades, except y'all pick what you know trumps or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. but spades is spades is a spade, right? No. <laughs> I in my family grew up with pool cards and bowling. Those were the, on both sides of the family strong. But I will tell you, I got scarred with spades as a kid because even as a kid, when you come on that table, it's intense, right? Like yeah, it's day, So it's not my favorite card game because I still have PTSD from those experiences. Real anxiety. But I love, I love playing cards though. Cards is still a good time. Yeah, I love playing cards too. All those activities sounds about black to me. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I grew up, we was black. For real. Yeah. Pool tables in the house and everything. Ours was skating and cards. Like you had to know how to skate. You had to backward skate. You had to have a washcloth in the pocket. You know, you had to have all that stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All I, of that. I have got to go skate. I've been talking about skating ever since Usher really started going hard mm. again with the skate. And he's given me so much like FOMO. Like I've got to go to real the skating time. rink and yeah. get some new that, skates. Like I want my own that skates. That life. Skating ring skates are gross. Yeah. They are. Yeah, I did all those activities. Like my dad taught me how to play domino. Smack that down on the table too. (laughs) I I remember the one of the first times I won, that's how I learned about like uh Lady Luck or the first times a charm or whatever, because I beat him a couple of times in when I first first started learning how to play. But definitely roller skated, definitely bold. Yeah. The joys of blackness. Everybody's partying. Wondering where Morgan and Sean are, and also trying to figure out how on this green earth did Clifton get invited. Of course, the lights start flickering. They all check the power box and they find the game on the table, along with the video of Morgan being held prisoner. That was giving me major Jordan Pill vibes, a la get out with the with the TV and yeah. we have your hostage and all that. They must answer 10 questions correctly to free their friend. They are very black questions. Do y'all know the second verse of Lift Every Voice and Sing? No. Bro. Dead, gone. Dead. Gone. 
And I thought I had it too. I was sitting there. I paused the movie. I was like, I started singing. I was like, oh, I got it. And I was like, damn. Me too. But listen, and I'm gone. I'm gone on the Aunt Viv question. I said two seasons. Listen, I, I was dead. I was like, I was doing all the kind of calculations and trying to rationalize. And I was like, <laughs> they were like, Alex, no, my skin. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. No. No, those were good questions. They were, were some good fantastic questions. questions, y'all. A lot of people don't believe me, but all my education has been very, very black up until college, and meaning like very black schools. Like lift every voice and sing was like numero uno before the <laughs> pledge of allegiance. You know what I mean in terms of mm-hmm. learning it, and so. I legit was like singing it from the first verse on, and I'm like, did Beyonce sing this? In Coachella? That's what I said. I went back to Coachella and I was just like, man, when I was in the audience, I don't remember this. And Ooh, you, you know, I was, yes, we went to Coachella, honey. We I had to. We are in the beehive. Hello. Of course. I don't think Erica's like, I I never, did, I'm not new I to this. Doubt I'm you again. Yeah. I will never doubt you again, Erica. The fact it that Erica knows. Absolutely amazing. I knew that Erica was real about this beehive situation when she started naming off where Beyonce was today, tomorrow. Next week, I'm like, it oh, so it. you like order. you know, no, yes. the dates yes. and the and I need to know where my girl is in case I just have to, you know, pull an Alabama sweet tea party on somebody and I need to get to Beyonce. <laughs> I gotta know where she at. So, you know, <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. Wait, my question is, let's go down this quick uh rabbit hole. <laughs> do you think she'll ever do a residency in Vegas when you know, she's 60? It'll be a long time. But what I would love for her to do is just a very intimate show like how they used to do what was that unplugged on mtv yeah mm-hmm. a I nice unplugged. unplugged yes like mm-hmm. just do one of them but i it'll be a long time because she's not about to be doing 50 60 shows like they have a that's a pretty demanding i just can't see more so than a world tour you know At you're right but then also i don't know if the production is gonna be enough for her like i just don't feel like mm-hmm. it's got the production level for her you know what i mean like we're virgos we want everything over the top just you know She's still Beyonce. Like you yeah, have to give be her some space and distance to not have yeah. the level of demand. Not that yeah. like it. First of all, Vegas residency, residencies are way different than our youth, right? Because back in the day, Vegas Absolutely. residencies were where you went towards the end of your career, Correct. all this and that. So with Britney Spears, with Usher, with all these people who still have Adele. length in their career, Adele yes. doing it. It's not what it was, but she is the biggest entertainer in the world so beyonce is not at a point to be doing no vegas so residency. Act one. i don't we on and we on renaissance act one we still yes. got two and three so ain't no way she ain't going no time soon. She and if she did time. them tickets would be 10 grand yeah. like if she did the demand i'm about to go into my um, 401k for that i'm about to go into my 401k <laughs> and get my the fact that you are so dead ass with this you yeah. are so dead ass <laughs> I'm going to my 401k. For life it, so. is about experiences, honey. Yeah. You know. uh, <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Out of all the questions, because I think they were up to like nine, the friends question is the one that the group got wrong. I thought that was hilarious considering Aisha was the first person that came to mind. I'm like, I know there was literally like two black people on friends. Did y'all watch friends? Never, never, you ever, never seen never. a rerun, never seen none of it. No. I mean, you know what? Literally growing up, I don't think I watched hardly any like white TV except for Blossom because it came on after Cosby (laughs) Show before Different Uh, World. So that's literally the only reason I watched Blossom is it was kind of just like, okay, I can go eat, keep the TV on. It was in between. But other than that, like I just didn't watch a lot of TV sitcoms or whatever that had primarily like white people in it. See, I watch TGIF, so I caught all of those shows like <laughs> step matters. by step, and uh, the dinosaurs don't count because they not black or white; they dinosaurs. But y'all know it felt like well, the baby kind of felt black. I don't know, mm-hmm. it did. but it did. point is, is you those shows like mama. yeah, when we were kids, Blossom is a good one though. But a lot of those like kids shows, I definitely watch. I I can blame working in television for why I ever watched an episode of Friends because <laughs> Friends sucks to me. Like of even the white like sitcoms, like me and Dora have talked about it. Like I love shows like Frasier. Um, Frasier is my still, show. Never yeah, seen it. I still love Niles, a lot of workplace comedies everything. like The Office and and Parks and Rec and stuff like that. But Friends, 
just I didn't I never vibed with that show I didn't really care for the cast like that I just nothing about it like felt relatable to me I guess um in terms of you know the way it was written and stuff and so yeah. literally Aisha Aisha Tyler is the only one because I feel like she was the longest running like black cast member that I ever saw like yes. on a few episodes other than that I was like I couldn't name you another black person that has ever stepped foot on that show mind you they were in wow. New York City which is also just like Sex in the City which they're That's trying like to going back now. watching the old ones I'm like I, I didn't really watch it when it first came on, but we were on the airplane coming back from somewhere and I was like, oh, let me watch it. And I was like, there's no black people on this show, but the new one is full of everybody. And it's like, yes. how yes. it from not one black person on here to now- Because they were called out. Yeah, I was like, so we got black, gay, queer, transgender, you know, yep. everything on here. And I'm yep. like, okay, so I see y'all just trying to be in style, kind of like how L Word is. Y'all probably didn't watch that, but you know, it is the same thing with L Word, the new one now. It's like, so now y'all want to be so DEI and include everybody unauthentically, but okay. Yeah, I think Samantha part, had like it one. Authentically. I think because, Samantha okay. had like one black lover in the original series. And that was the only, him and his sister were the only black people I remember ever seeing in the original Sex and the City. Wild. Wow. That's crazy. Insanity. Because they got it wrong. And as we know, this is a high pressure game they are forced to choose who's the blackest which leads me to ask what is blackness it just it seems like a solely american term for culture because our enslaved ancestors were stripped from theirs right it encompassed so many cultures from the diaspora let alone the regional impact of blackness we're talking about east coast west coast Midwest, we're all Midwest girls and the dirty South. And even taking a look at the group, we have Allison, the very pro-Black biracial chick, right? We have Clifton, who I call the whack Urkel. King, the light-skinned Negro reform thug who married a white woman. Uh, <laughs> Shanika, who's I hate to say it the resident big girl I, I don't know but she swims and she's kind of bougie we have Dwayne who's the gay BFF super hilarious Lisa the accomplished lawyer with the indecisive relationship Namdi, who's supposed to be African but and the reformed cheater who defines blackness who dishes out these cards y'all that was my favorite part like honestly of the movie this section deciding who was black and in the end you decide you chose the least black person because he voted for somebody white like right. you literally said forget the question we're going with you because you didn't do what we deem to be a black thing which was just vote for the democrat you voted for trump we don't care what your reason was you did they just they forgot the question just said forget the question bro you said you voted for trump not once but twice so that was my favorite part of the movie because I just think about myself personally or my friend group or, you know, just, you know, the people that I'm in contact with and just thinking about their level of blackness. And I'm just like, there's some people that I would consider super, super, you know, to be black. Like, you know, when it comes to knowing all black history, the black facts, the black this, yes, supporting black yes. businesses, I get all of that, but they may be worried to somebody white. So now are you not black enough because you're married to somebody white? You know what I mean? Exactly. Rather than white man, white woman. Right. So does that kind of diminish it? And then it's just like all these things like, well, like Dwayne said, well, I can't be the blackest because I'm gay and that's a white people thing. Right. So it's just like all of these different things start to come into play. You like dad, how do we judge the blackness? How do we quantify our blackness? Like there's it's like playing black car revoke. Like when you're playing that game, yes. you got to play to the audience in the room. You got to play Absolutely. especially the ones part of the card. You got to play to your audience. So it's just like it's so subjective, but I really love that part of the game because it really just taught us a lot about ourselves. Like when you think about, oh, they're not black. And I'm like, but what do you mean? Like it's, it's a spectrum of blackness. Absolutely. I think Erica summed it up. Totally subjective. Uh, I think once you get like on social media or something like that, then, be then it becomes like a herd mentality, right? Of like deciding something, but on an individual basis, it's so hard to say. It would be impossible to choose. And then you're also adding the added pressure of this person is going to be sent out to die. To die. So yeah. you're also equating 
my blackness and me saying I'm the blackest with also forcing me to die. <laughs> like, and that's already yeah, such, <laughs> yeah, it's already something we struggle with so much in society. Like, I was like, this is traumatic. Just like coupling these two things together for the sake of this film was a bit traumatic. So it would be hard to say, but at the same time, I agreed with their decision ultimately. Send out the Trump supporter yeah, I, I, and let it I'm be done. <laughs> yeah, I was with you. And it's kind of like that Issa Rae, like I'm for everything black, but when everybody yes. in the room is black and I got to decide who ain't the blackest of the black, and it's just like, dang, yeah, humble, you got to go. Yep. Well, let's also consider this as well. He had to go because his behavior was anti-black, right? Like- we care about our community too much for us to be playing around with some votes with for 45. And let's uh, also be honest, he's the outlier of the group because he ain't nobody's friend for real. Like, if I yeah. have to choose in that moment, who, whose friend <laughs> are you, Clifton? I'm so I mean, you black, sorry. but you ain't my black friend, so you ain't yeah. my black friend. So. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry yeah. to your mama I'm and sorry. your daddy. Yeah. yeah. But R. it R. gotta be you. Yep. Like, I would have been Lisa. I would have been, like, heartbroken about it, but been like... Like, oh! <laughs> yeah. Deuces. <laughs> so he goes... <laughs> Chris Brown. I'm thinking about that. Um, Speaking of my blackness. Uh, so he goes outside and gets shooted by an arrow. So I want to take a minute really quick to talk about... Dwayne Perkins, who is one of the writers of this movie. He's the one who played Dwayne in the actual film as well. He did this fantastic interview with Variety. Uh, it's called The Blackening Mastermind, Dwayne Perkins on tackling horror movie and the gay BFF tropes and future plans. Quote, it's giving franchise. I'm going to reference this article a couple of times in this discussion. And one of the things that was important to him is the desire not to use guns. So we know this is a slasher horror film and it was an interesting choice to use a bow and arrow. He has here, he's like, if I was consuming this, what would make me leave the theater in the best spirit? And he said, that's why, for example, the killer's weapon of choice is a crossbow. What is something that can instill fear and harm to someone without being visually traumatic? Because I don't want Black people in particular in particular, to come and see this movie and be triggered. That's why there's not a lot of guns. You know, I definitely noticed it from the beginning, the bowing arrows. I also attributed it to like living in the woods. Like those people have a lot of bow and arrows. Like it's something that white people use a lot for hunting, yeah. different things like mm -hmm. that. So I'm like, it would naturally be in the house. It's something that would naturally be wherever they were at. So I kind of contributed it to that. And then, I don't know, then I was like, okay, you know, maybe you want the people to suffer. So right, is as a bowing, a bowing arrow, like something, I didn't think about his perspective of it so much as what he just said, but I'm like, okay. You know, you can't, you want them to suffer? Do you want them to die right away? Because I don't know, like, from a bow and arrow, do you die right away or you suffer? Because, I mean, everybody was pulling them out. So I'm like, yeah, maybe that was also the point of it, too. Like, so, you know, but I definitely noticed it. But I just thought it was like, that's a weapon of choice for people that, you know, live in the woods because they're hunters. So, and we're being hunted. So it kind of made sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate the forethought about that, but he they could have been using a pencil and it still would have been traumatic to me because again, I don't like horror and you're, yeah. anything that you're using for the sake of taking lives is going to be traumatic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I definitely, to your point, Erica, thought about it more of like what will be around for these folks. Mm -hmm. And also I feel like in slashers, people get creative, like- all of those, the, the Freddies, the Jasons, all of those, like, it's not just a, a gun that these people are yeah, using to, man. like, take people out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's just another part of that, like, lore of, Creativity, like, slasher yeah. horror movies is, you know, you're mm -hmm. not just going to pick up a, a nine millimeter and start taking people out if you're the bad guy. You got to be a little more creative than that. So that's <laughs> yeah. how I looked at it. Speaking of it nine millimeter. Right. Like how Namdi was holding the gun. <laughs> they were like, no. Yeah, dude was like, gonna... straighten it up, man. Why you are not in menace to society? Why are you like that? <laughs> He's a lover, not a fighter. Right. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> well, the group does the most unthinkable thing, y'all. They split up. Of all things, why? Why would they do this? Was there an opportunity for all of them to stay together and survive? Not only did they split, the split up, up, they split up by color. <laughs> did y'all know that? The, the brown skin black people. Door. You didn't know that the brown skinned black people stayed in the house. The light skinned black people went outside. Did y'all not know that? Here is how they were broken up. We had okay. Lisa, Namdi, and Dwayne together in the and house. Then we, in the house, and we had King, a very focused Allison, and Shanika, <laughs> who went out to the lake. Would you consider Shanika light skin though? So I didn't consider She's her on the lighter skin spectrum. Like yeah, do you get, the, y'all get group. what I'm saying though. Like literally, that was what I noticed. I was like, why is it separated almost by like color divide a little bit? I get that, that to a certain extent. Funny. To a I certain extent, Nambi and um Lisa wanted to stay together for a couple, being a couple. Yes. And Dwayne, yes. Lisa is her best friend. But for that's I don't know if anybody else watching will check that, but I was like, that's a little weird <laughs> to me. I kind of thought like, okay, so you got the injured people. I felt like you put the slow kind of people together. So they both injured <laughs> and you assume because she's heavy set that she is not going to be a, a, you know, somebody that can be nimble, but she was out there swimming, getting it. You know what I mean? So it was just like, you yes, got the she two was. people injured with the bow and arrow on the drugs. And then you have her, like everybody else is like, okay, so the people that haven't been as injured, we going to do this and put the other people over here. So I do see the colorism part of it, but I also just kind of, separated by like disability and you know like <laughs> those are the people that you know they can't really do nothing so you know That's let them so be on why would they send the injured outside though like why not exactly. get the injured in the house you know y'all yeah. gonna make the injured people run and go try <laughs> to fight out i appreciate these interpretations of this film so much oh my gosh um one of my favorite moments in the entire movie happened outside though she's like if you want to be somebody if you want to go somewhere y'all know how to finish this you better wake <laughs> up and pay attention i just love the references i'm like i love all of this and it's our generation too yeah like chef's kiss y'all chef's kiss oh but we didn't uh, answer your your question your actual question did they have to split up i don't know if they had to but i think that uh, for the sake of the movie and how things were going, it felt like we're all just sitting ducks if we don't try to form some type of strategy. So I got the desire to like try something to see if, you know, this would help with this new challenge, which was he basically told them, if y'all don't want to play the game, whoever survives is basically Survive. how this is about to go down. And y'all have three minutes to figure it out before I come hunt you. So what are our options? Yes. Yeah. And they couldn't yeah. agree. So it was like some people wanted to do one thing. Some people wanted to do something else. So it's just like, hey, you know what? At this point, you 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 got to do what's best for yourself. Like, And okay. Erica, ain't that group trip dynamics anyway? Like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. I want to <laughs> stay at the hotel. Y'all want to like, go okay. out an adventure. All cool. right. Exactly. exactly. The cabin at some points did remind me a little bit of us, though. Did y'all catch that? You know, Jane I didn't watch that us. shit. Of course you, you know, didn't watch that. It. I love us. It was good. <laughs> It yeah, was good. it did. You know, you know what was weird, and this is just like a me thing. I'm like, it's Juneteenth. Why did y'all have the fireplace on? Like, I thought about that from the time I seen the fireplace uh, on. Because it'd be like, hot. Typical horror. Yeah, I was like, y'all, come on, do better. Why is the fireplace on in June? Okay, that has nothing to do with anything. That's but it just, so funny. Well, and then like every horror film, especially a good slasher, the longest night ever, right? Ever. Like, and, it's and been night for like 10 days. The the <laughs> only reprieve is when the light comes, right? So, so yeah, as I mentioned, they were broken up into groups. Let's go ahead and get into this, um, the major uh, subplot of this film with Namdi, Lisa, and Dwayne. So basically, Dwayne is upset that Lisa has reconciled with a whole man without telling him and he's basically asking her to put some respect on his name again looking at the article he talked about how for Dwayne's character arc he wanted the platonic friendship under a microscope since movies often prioritize romantic love instead I did notice that too because a lot yep. of horror films there's a lot of sexy time a lot of virgins a lot of yep. like you know what I mean Yep, and just uh, live and die. You live and like, die by your sexual that. appetite. <laughs> yeah, very male gaze, right? Straight 
white male gaze frankly when it comes to um the romantic and horror films but as i mentioned it focused on the best friend relationship and he feels totally feels betrayed after spending so much time and energy on dry and lisa's tears he says for somebody who feels like they have gave so much to essentially be deprioritized because of a man who mistreated you, having the conversation in the film and giving space to gay best friends, often they're not allowed to discuss what that friendship means. I'm like, preach, sir. Preach, preacher. You know, I, it, it was refreshing to see, like you said, we didn't have to have that whole, you know, sexual thing you know girl in the shower knife rah, 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 coming down you know and i see both sides of it you know i think at some point you know you got to let go of what was in the past like the whole 10 years it's been 10 years since past and they're both adults and people change people grow and i think that we all would like to think that we're prioritizing people's lives like oh you got to come to me and be like hey me and someone so are getting back together you know, kind of wanting my stamp of approval or my like, girl, don't do it or okay, whatever. But, you know, it's just when you get older, like you start making decisions for yourself, you know what I mean? But it is a thing of friendship. Like you want to be included. Like you want to be thought of like an extension of your friend. And when that doesn't happen, like it's easy for your feelings to get hurt. And also she probably was just scared, embarrassed. Like, you know, you know the worst of it. You know the worst of what happened. So for me to come circle back with you and be like, hey, we're back together. Of course, you're going to be like, I don't know why you're wasting your time. You already know what happened before. So you don't want to hear that. So instead of me even going through that, I'm going to just go ahead and get back with him. And, you know, most of the time, like in friendships, you know, you build a bridge and get over it, um, which they seem seemingly did. But, you know, it still is hurtful. And I think there was some embarrassment and shame on her side. And for him, he just felt like he was owed something. In the course of the movie, I'll be honest, I did not care because, again, <laughs> this is a horror film. We're trying to survive. Sure. I rarely have much tolerance. And even though I told you this about reading Fourth Wing recently, I rarely have much tolerance in life and death situations for sentiment and like emotional moments. Because I'm like, if I'm about to die or potentially die, I'm not having this type of conversation right now. Like, let's just get through tonight and then we can talk about this bullshit tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So in the course of the movie, it's like, I don't care. But I appreciate these tidbits because it does make me think differently. And I think it's beautiful to see a centering of like friendship conflict because I, I do think that it's important to highlight all forms of relationships, all forms of love. And to that point, I think sometimes with friendships, we want to brush over conflict and then people will have resentment and have issues and they don't put that same emphasis that they will in their romantic partnership on resolving things. And so then you'll have like friendships that break up or just have distance because, hey, we never talk through our shit. So I do think that's great to still put the emphasis on friendship love as well because it's super important like who would we be without our friends and without our circle that you know lifts us up especially in times of issues like with Namdi because that's one thing too though sometimes you gotta be careful what you share because you may get over it someday but your friends and family never get over that very true and normally you never come back to them and tell them like oh you know we resolved it or I didn't tell you what I did in the thing to kind of get there it's always trash, whatever whatever so we like oh well yep he trashed you know what I'm saying but you never said well okay I forgot to tell y'all I did that and you never come back and say hey you know we talked about it we reconciled it and so the last thing we know is he trashed so I don't know nothing else you never came back and told me anything different so I'm still thinking he trashed because that's how you've been acting for the last 10 years so yeah, definitely would need to know, too, if I was her friend, like, what does Namdi do differently and what has he done work-wise on himself to be a better man for you? Like, that would have exactly. been my question. And that's a real like, thing King, as a friend. King wasn't even him, convinced, like, and that's, his, yep. that's one of his closest friends, so. Exactly, Delora. That conversation, he was like, you say the same thing every two years. I'm like, oh, so you're a broken record. This ain't about to work. Nope. In the split groups, they both knocked down some of the killers and we find out that they are twins um for the light-skinned crew according to ashley they got rid of the one-eyed clerk from the gas station and lisa namdi and Dwayne got his brother oh one more thing about lisa namdi and Dwayne. they thought they were going to leave with the ranger and that didn't happen would y'all have trust that white man to get in that car no, no white savior in this <laughs> film baby nope 
I don't care if he like, had the purest, best intentions. It's a hard no. You, the swiftness and I'd be like, lead them keys answer. Right before you run off. Lead them keys in this car because if we need to pull off Ranger, you are done. So lead them keys. Don't leave us in here without them keys. Like I don't got no trust for you. Zero. No, that's facts. Like, and he and yeah. he was law enforcement to some certain extent. Yeah, like you're playing, like, no. you're playing Mm-mm. too much with with my trust to think. And but you know the fact that the actor who played it was freaking Jed Clampett. Like I did have a little bit of like sentimentality yeah, for him course. because I've seen like, him play this other. Yeah, I've seen him play this other like adorable role. But in reality, no. To your point, Erica, in the woods, I probably no. we would have stole his car. Like. Yeah, I would have stole his car a minute ago. Like I would yeah. be like, God bless you. Your car's the only one that's running. I'm so sorry. Like if you leave, it's yeah. over for you. I'm yeah. you are hostage. I'm out. Yep. I'm <laughs> you out. Are my hostage. You get in this car. Don't go back get, to save nobody else. Put we your ass in the trunk. Yeah, I go. got to go. We got to go now. Everybody's right. tires are slashed or run through. Bone yeah. arrow. Exactly. In the grand finale, we find out that it was, in fact, Clifton behind all the murders. Apparently, 10 years ago, during their last outing, they questioned his Blackness during one of their card games. And he was so upset about it, he got heavily drunk and ended up killing a young woman on his way home. He served four years in prison and he has been plotting revenge this whole time. Did y'all see this coming? Yes. Yeah, I had a little inkling. I was just like, mm, the way he walked up out that room, you know, they opened that door so quick for him. And I was just like, nah, like something just didn't seem right about him. I was just like, he's in it some type of way. He's in cahoots with these people. I wasn't sure how I was going in, but I knew he was in cahoots. I knew I from the gas station too, he could not be trusted. Yep. Yeah, he I'm could like, not nah. be trusted. Android number one. Anybody with an Android don't. <laughs> and I felt them. so attacked because I have an Android. I I'm sorry. I was like, I see, am... this is the bullshit. So we can sad. never get I am, a break. I can't breathe. That green bubble breathe, y'all. Can drive me up a wall. We can never get a break. <sighs> Vilifying Android no users you in this movie. No I'm so glad you brought that up because I damn near <laughs> forgot. I was like, listen. <laughs> This propaganda for Apple products is getting oh out of control. I buy into it. I tell people, they like, so-and-so better. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's better, faster, quicker, sharper. All Apple everything till the day I die. It doesn't matter. I don't want the green bubble. You're, we're, we're just not going to be able to text. We have to you talk You realize you only see a green bubble because you're an Apple user. If you had That's Android, fine because you'd be able to customize your blue. colors. I know oh one person with an Android, God. and they even went and got an iPhone just to be a part of our group chat. Like they exactly. have two phones to be exactly. in our group chat. And that's I don't the care thing. what you do it's the or your pressure. time off, but with us, you have got to have an Apple phone. It's just exactly it's, it's the a peer part pressure. of your blackness. It is your blackness. It's the peer pressure. The How can it be a part of my blackness when it's still a white-owned company? Like there's nothing right. black about any of these tech companies for me you that I subscribe so to. Right. Yeah. That's just how we that's just how we roll. Like that's the kind of stuff we it's throw marketing. out when we be talking about blackness. That's just what we say. We <laughs> just say things like that. Like it's such crazy marketing because it is peer pressure. Like I feel the peer pressure <laughs> always have to switch to a damn iPhone. I'm like, I have a Mac now. So yo, I can FaceTime y'all on my Mac, still debating Boom. the iPhone thing. Because my mother solved then. As long as you could FaceTime, that's cool. We could my you can mother text me on is there. Team, but my mom works in tech and is team Android so hard is like you about to go to the dark side. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of this. The only reason why I ever yeah. decided between an Android and an iPhone is because I got an Android for free and the iPhone's gonna cost me two hundred dollars. I don't care. I do not care. But I feel attacked at all times. <laughs> It's true. I mean, I attack anybody with an Android. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't even want to hear the story. I thought this we was friends, Erica. I thought I mean, we, we still are, but you know. <laughs> it's I'm glad you now. brought friend that up because I totally forgot about that. The Android. Well, of course, the group defeats the big bad. Who should the group call with dead white bodies in the house? Because that was the question at the end of this movie. Ghostbusters, baby. I don't know who the fuck you supposed to call. <laughs> nah, me neither. And I was just thinking, like, how close are we to like the next house? I mean, you you can't go there because they're gonna be like, what am I gonna do with these seven black people at my door? They're not gonna help you. So then I'm like, we can't go back to the corner store. Nope. 
And you can't leave your car there because there's registration. And then your car is no good because they done shot your tires out with the bow and arrows. And But you should have a spare. I mean, between all them tires, they should have had four good tires. I mean, you got to break down every car and get four good tires on somebody's car. I guess I'm calling but, the NAACP and letting them yeah, know where AAA. I am and Can asking you call for AAA? advice. <laughs> Can you call AAA roadside assistance? Can we call any of those people? Is our phone still working? Because I got to call roadside assistance. I love I'm these into, answers so much. I'm into go back real quick about Clifton because I know we kind of went on the phone tangent and I forgot that I wanted to say <laughs> the thing <laughs> the thing that got me about Clifton is his <laughs> lack of accountability. How are you going to blame now, but it's twofold, right? Because I know that there can be things in life that like trigger somebody and they have like mental health issues and they never recover from that. Like it reminded me of, remember, did you used to watch Jenny Jones? And remember people used yeah. to bring like of their bully zone and confront yeah. them years later. I was like, that's what this feels like a little bit to me. But it was like, how do you have no accountability for the fact that you got so drunk that you killed a woman? Like even his phrasing where he said she got in front of my car like yeah, no in front of my car. you ran yes. her down you accidentally but you you know what i'm saying like the lack of accountability was glaring to me glaring yeah, i totally agree with that he was just from the moment he's like you said from the moment he stepped on the screen it gave that like from the moment that he was in the corner store he just gave irresponsible he gave lost he gave not fully developed like he gave all of that to me like I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and then looking back at the game and finding out, you know, his true agenda, m- my main question is, even if they had gotten all 10 questions right, including that friend's question, would have Clifton let them go? No. I don't think so. Because he That's was more mad that, he's, that they put him up. Like he, I mean, the questions were one thing. But, you know, he mentioned, like, and you guys are still questioning my blackness. Like, they sacrificed him. So, regardless, he he wanted them gone because y'all sacrificed him. Now, it, had he not got sacrificed, he might have felt redeemed. Like, okay, but then it also would have depended on who he sacrificed because we saw, we saw that at the end where he wasn't happy when she put herself up. He's like, no, yes, that's not Lisa. the right answer. So, right. we don't, you know, that's what I'm like. He, he was worried about himself. Like, his ego was still crushed and hurt from being that teenager from 10 years ago he just hadn't got over that and that's a lot of people like like you mentioned like the people on jenny jones like he was holding on to that so tough and so tight like he was just so angry that they still didn't think that he was enough and he still wasn't a cool kid it's such a good question though because i was thinking like had the outcome of the game been different in some capacity would that have changed anything but my thing is you never gave sean and Sean and Morgan the chance to even survive and live so that would have still had to come to a head in some shape mm-hmm. or form anyway and my thing was like was th- were they the worst of it that you didn't even yeah, give them a chance yeah mm, I was that just was my always, next like, question. like why did they go so quick like why were they yeah. like the first like you did not even give let them, them stay you didn't even give the them opportunity the to live for mm-hmm. real. Like, so I was just curious. That's a really good question. If there could have been possibly any other outcome, but to your point, I think he was already resolved in himself that he was going to take out as many of them as he could. Mm. And are we not going to just quickly talk about her wig coming off when they thought they was going to snatch her scalp <laughs> off and then it was her <laughs> wig and she took off. Just I like mean, in just they saying. clone Tyrone. Yes. Shout out to the wigs. Okay, they be saving week, lives. It saved her a little bit. You know what I mean? She didn't fully make it, but it gave her another day to fight. Another few hours because that wig came off and my girl was out of there. That is so funny. I forgot about that, actually. Ooh, thank you for bringing that up. Final thoughts, ladies? I liked it. I was not expecting it. Um, you know, when I heard different people talk about it, you know, I've heard nothing but good things, but I will, I won't say that I was running to go watch it. So when you said we were reviewing it, I was like, oh, good. Okay, because I had been wanting to watch it. So I was actually very impressed with it. And everybody that, you know, I've been telling, like, y'all should go watch it. Like, y'all can yeah. use my login for, like, 48 hours and hurry up and watch it before. Right, right, real quick, wrong. right quick. <laughs> I got 48 hours, y'all. Hurry up. <laughs> but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I was so glad when this movie was over because again, and not even just that, I fast forwarded. I'm going to be, comp- let me, let me be completely honest oh, and transparent. Please. I fast forwarded like 
three-fourths of the way in, just like, who survives? And then I went back and finished watching it because I just, oh, my blood pressure you was raised. to the back of the book? Yes. I just had I just had to know. I was like, are they going to make it? They're not going to make it. I just needed to know. I tell it to, that's why I don't do horror like that. Um, but like I said, the relatability, even to your point, the Sister Act 2 reference, like all of it, I really thought like the script was so good and everybody was so funny with the parts that they played and the way that they rounded out this cast so we made it through what about you Delora my final thoughts so a couple of facts and a couple of you know my thoughts so this film had a micro budget of five million dollars and at the box office it made 17 million dollars which is a bona fide success and overall critically acclaimed so bravo to everyone involved in this movie I really enjoy Grace in this comedic role. Like she was hilarious to me. I'm like, yes. yes it, and yes, we do watch Harlem too. But like, I don't know. I love seeing her work because she was definitely one of the standouts from a very black show. Shout out to Empire. Those first two seasons were everything. They were. I miss her with that short like haircut. Me. She looked beautiful with that short haircut. Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. Um, what else oh yeah. Her I joke like? about her dad in this movie hilarious yeah it was good too yeah that was a good hilarious one. yes every time yes. he gets upset i'm waiting on the murder suicide i was like oh <laughs> my god oh my god i love it, was, I love it. that was phenomenal <laughs> i lied i do have one more question for y'all is this movie giving franchise can you see sequels um in the same article that i was referencing before he says that he like he would like to move forward with the same cast with some new blood versus like a knives out anthology where there's like new people but can you see it would you watch i mean i would want them to just let this be i like the genre that it's going i would be willing to watch other storylines like it like similar I don't know if I necessarily would want to continue this journey. I don't want them to be traumatized multiple times. Like this was a lot. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. This was a lot. We always gonna put them in a in a life or death situation to this extent. Nah. Yeah. Okay, Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> my final thought personally is I kind of wish there was more of a, a supernatural aspect to it or just uh what they call it um something realism like like a Jumanji like you know magical element or I don't know it would have been it would have been nice to have uh an element of that personally and girl you know if a demon had popped up I would have been like Delora I'm not finishing this movie like that's I'm it I'm not saying a demon but like okay. more kind of like ancestors come out yeah, like a like, you know like you know, conjuring up some you know some ancestral spirits exactly. from the water that's near the cabin okay. like what happened in Alabama uh so <laughs> uh... woo boy did y'all see there were women who had an ancestral ceremony hours before that brawl yes yes no, I, I heard that, that. Yes, mm-hmm. and they gave flowers and they acknowledged all the our our ancestors who were slaved and died on that river. And the ancestors wow. definitely moved them that well, day. They turned up that day, baby. Because let me tell when you, I they tell you, had to carry me across that water. Because I, I was like, but the ancestors would have made it happen, Mister Co Captain. I was like, he had a praying grandmama because, like, the did. fact that he was jumped and all the help came. Thank you. All the type of black people came. All oh. the different type of black people came. Aquamane and everything. They call them Shaquille O'Gills. <laughs> <laughs> they had like the top 10 names on Twitter. And number one was Shaquille O'Gills. That was the number one name. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Michael B. Phelps. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I laughed at that. It was some good ones. Erica, it has been an absolute privilege having you on our podcast. How can our guests get a hold of you? If you are local, even if you're not, you can follow me on Instagram, engage with me on Instagram. So my business is BY District 78. And my personal is Coach Erica. And as Erica with two Ks, I love pop culture. So I love to engage in all things pop culture. And I love all things Beyonce, all things Jay-Z. 
I'm going to say this. I hope y'all don't hate me. I've never seen Sister Act 2. So we have to change this. We have to change this immediately. It's Britney's favorite movie. You have Lauren Hill. You have Cheryl in her vocal prowess. Ralph. You have the one guy from City High. I can never remember his name, but he had vocals. Yeah, you know City High. Yep. 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 I've never seen it. Oh, happy day. I heard it enough. And when people, they're like, you know this. I'm like, I know that it's from there because everybody sings it, but I've literally, I've never seen it. Never seen Come and join the chorus, the mighty, mighty chorus. Oh. Erica. It's available. Sorry, it's out y'all. there. Don't worry. Delora just saw Love Jones. Nope. Because Delora just saw Love Jones in the last few years as well. I'm not a fan of Love Jones either. I've seen it, but I'm not a Thank Love Jones you. fan. I'm sorry. It's overhyped, but I've seen it. But Delora, see, I feel that way. You? I thought you liked Love Jones. It was fine. It was, well, I can't remember, but the one I really dislike that everybody loves is Love and Basketball. It's a no for me. Now that, let me tell you. It was just on Bounce last night because you know Bounce got all the hood movies, yes! Yes! and that was on last night. And I watched Bounce. It was a part where she did too much for that part. man in that movie. She did too much for him. I love that movie. I love all of them. So, <laughs> okay, Ashley, time for hidden gems. All right, I have two for this week. The first one, I can't remember if I've talked about this show or not, but it is physical on Apple TV Plus. I had started it at one point in time, couldn't get into it, fell back into it after I watched Platonic on Apple TV Plus because it's a starring Rose Byrne. And so I love Rose as well. In this series, she's a fitness instructor and personality and all of this. And I'm on, they just started the third season and I'm invested now. Like I got, went back, rewatched seasons one and two and I'm invested. And it's just an interesting journey for her and a different role for her than a lot of other things that I've seen. So I'm enjoying season three currently. Again, that's on Apple TV plus. And then my second hidden gem is Fisk on Netflix. This was like Mm. in Netflix's top 10. So I decided to give it a shot. It's Mm. an Australian workplace comedy, which again, I love a good workplace comedy. Yeah. So and I usually love anything like BBC and Australian. So um Yeah. I'm, the humor, you know, out. the humor is dry, dry. and yes. <laughs> and it's the it's set in a wheels and probate law firm after the main character joins because like her personal life implodes. Twelve episodes rather in the first season and I thought it was funny like I'll probably end up watching it again because I was a little bit distracted during some of the episodes but you know it's just one of those it's just like from episode to episode just kind of builds on itself and the humor is there and that's what I enjoy so if you like kind of the dry workplace comedies this one might be up your alley so those are my two hidden gems to learn what about you all right Ashley well I'm just gonna go ahead and throw out this book series that I have been completely engulfed by. It is uh, fantasy is YA. It is highly popular. It is called the throne of glass series by Sarah J Moss. So I've talked about her before. I've been, I'm a huge fan of book talk and uh, booksagram favorite, a court of thorns and roses, but this is actually her first series where there's freaking seven books. And as you know, I usually don't like to commit to series more than maybe three to four books, but because this series is over and I enjoyed her one series so thoroughly because I've read literally almost everything she's written at this point because I've read the Crescent City series as well. I am currently on book five of Mm, this series and um, these are thick. And as you know, I am also listening to audiobooks because Lord knows I probably still will have a good pacing about it because it's a very intriguing story, but it's very big on world building, multiple uh, POVs. It's giving Game of Thrones for like young people, like just multiple points of views and war, drama, mystery, a little bit of romance sprinkled in. It's been a joy. So yes to a series being done of glass girl i told you i i just finished fourth wing and i'm like oh the second book ain't available till november it's this year yeah you're welcome though it was uh, yeah we'll talk about this offline ashley (laughs) and it's not like you know other people don't watch it but the shy recently came back on this weekend 
And so I'm really excited about the shy coming back. And so I watched the first episode today. Um, And I'm just so impressed about the development of the characters and just how they started just like watching some of the kids grow up in the storyline and how they kind of interweave some of the more, you know, kind of taboo subjects that we have, like, you know, dating transgender woman, you know, it's just so many different things, you know, politics and wanting to get ahead, but only being able to get ahead if like, you know, your drug dealer uncle kind of fuels your life. But they've really added some like really grown kind of storylines to the shot. And it's developed very, very nicely. So I'm excited about that. And then book wise, I started reading a book called Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. Um, if you're familiar with him, he wrote the book Nickel Boys, which is probably one of my favorite books. It's a really, really good Ooh, book. I'm going to check it out. And so the one I'm reading now is called Harlem Shuffle. And I know I really just like his perspective. It's like very like, um, it feels like home. Like it feels like somebody you literally know, like the person up the street like that. And this one is particular about a guy who owns like an appliance store in Harlem. And it's all about, and I think I also like it because it's like about being an entrepreneur where you kind of get stuck in it and it's not super, super lucrative, but you do it because you have a passion for it. But it also Mm. shows like the connectiveness to his community and how Harlem is changing because he's like in the midst of like, a technology boom. And so he's feeling lost and feeling like, you know, how do I remain who I am in this thing where people, you know, technology is changing. Like there's no more black and white. Now it's these big black, you know, these big TVs and flat screens and all these types mm-hmm. of things. So he's feeling a bit lost in the transition, but he's such a staple in his neighborhood. So I really just appreciate that kind of growth that you have to have in being able to pivot as an entrepreneur. And Colson Whitehead is an amazing writer. So. I was just going to say, I love that The Shy is still going strong because I was like yeah. watched it early on and it was so heavy, so quick that like I went away from it. And then I heard about the controversy that happened, you know, some yeah. of the cast, the all of that. And so I was just, and then I heard that they had like changed so much with the storyline because of that. So I wasn't yeah. sure where things stood lighter. out with The Shy. So I may have it's, to give The Shy another, another try to kind of get into it again. So love to hear yeah. that. It's good. Again, Erica, appreciate you joining us for our recap of The Blackening. Hope you enjoyed yourself and had a good time. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this film and that you enjoyed this episode. Please follow us on all the things. Share this episode with friends, family, coworkers, whoever. We appreciate it. Um, Delora and I will be back with more on Thursday. In the meantime, be blessed. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>